All right, welcome right, back, back to another round of the Trading Triangle. Hope everybody's having a good weekend. Of course, we've got Sean and Kay with me. I'm your host, Trader Nate. And a quick disclaimer right up front, we are not trading professionals. We're not financial advisors or financial professionals. Just three friends reviewing charts and looking to trade stocks throughout the week. It's for entertainment and educational purposes only, and hope you all enjoy it. So thanks again for tuning in, everybody, as you do every week. Uh, we're giving you a lot of perspective on different stocks and what the market's doing. And, uh, yeah, getting into it. Sean, how are you doing today? Yeah, very good. Just finished watching the Wimbledon finals. Um, we're all hyped up, uh, just like a professional should be. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, great stuff. Good competition there. Yeah. Good. How about you, Kay? Well, it's a midday on Sunday. It's rainy. It's cloudy. Um, I have bird feeder here, so I see a lot of birds over here. So it's a nice view for me. Great Sunday, and uh, looking forward to next week. It's going to be a very interesting and a very exciting next week. It is going to be interesting. We finally got earnings back on the docket, right? We can take yeah, a look at yeah. earnings again. Let's actually kind of look at that. Well, actually, before we do, take a look at the market overview. And last week, a lot of green, right, across the board. I mean, looking at the numbers, S&P was up over 2%, 2.42% on the week, and now up seven over 17% on the year, which is pretty crazy. Um, the Dow is up 2.29%, but lagging on the year. Uh, NASDAQ was up over 3%, and now up 34.85% on the year. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I did not expect that. Uh, Russell 2K actually led the way this week. The small cap's up 3.56% getting them almost to 10% on the year. Bitcoin held steady at 82.85% on the year, um, kind of flat uh, on the last five days, but just a remarkable run so far in, in 2023. And the VIX is just, I mean, does anybody even talking about the VIX anymore? No, nobody's talking about it. It's, it's um, you know, if, uh, if I can just give you a quick rundown on VIX. On yeah. end of May, VIX was 1852. 715, VIX is 1361. So it's just dropping like a rock. Yeah, I mean, it's just making lower lows and showing no signs of increased volatility. It's like, um, you know, a lot of the information's out there, I guess, right? And a lot of the, the uncertainties behind us is what we're what we're seeing. So, yeah, yeah, VIX is at 1334, down almost 11% last week. What I found interesting is small caps. Um, they look like they're rallying and trying to catch up with, um, you know, tech and the S&P in general. Um, the Dow is just lagging way behind. Do you guys think that's going to catch up? Any thoughts on that? I I mean, if the market keeps going up, most likely we will see the small and mid-cap catching up because it is how much can these seven companies pull the market further, right? You know, um, Tesla is already up over 160%. NVIDIA is, I don't know how much is up. Apple is already up over 50%. Now it's the time. If you want the market to make newer high, you need the mid cap and the small cap, and you need the little bit of a rotation into the financials and a couple other sectors to really push the overall market to the next level. Yeah, I agree. And we got a lot of financials with those earnings released this week, um, and some some big names actually. I know we're going to be excited about it. Here are those earnings. So taking a look at that. And by the way, if you're listening on. Twitter. Thanks for uh, tuning into Twitter Spaces. If you want to get the full visual effect, we're over here on YouTube on the Trading Triangle. And uh, if you're listening to the recording later on, um, you know we do post this on a Traders Education Podcast, uh, which you can find on Substack. You can also find it on iTunes, and you can find it on 
Spotify. So, um, yep, all these recordings will be available, but the best stuff here is on the live stream with the visuals. So getting back to it, guys, uh, the earnings here, right? So <laughs> Love it. Lots of earnings. Uh, five, <laughs> this is like a sparse chart a couple weeks ago, like two or three names. But obviously, Sean, Tesla's jumping off the chart, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see what I can come up with. Um, but I think con the continuation of banks would be nice to see as well because we had a couple of good ones on Friday, didn't we? So let's see if that continues. Yeah, JP Morgan beat the earnings and the, the revenue was over $2 billion, I think $2.47 to be precise. Uh, they beat the, uh, the estimates by. JP Morgan crushed it despite taking on all the, you know, what was it, the SVB or, or what, whichever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, right the SVB collapsed. Yeah, the other one. Um, um, Yes, I'm forgetting. Yeah, the through that whole bank collapse and everything first that they Republic? did to step in. What was that, Sean? Is it First, first Republic? Republic? Yes, yeah. that's yes. the name I was that's looking for. Thank you. And um, yeah, and the, so if they hadn't done that, I mean, would their earnings just absolutely crushed it? I guess I, I don't know, but uh, that was very impressive. And then City disappointed, which I guess is par for the course. Yeah, <laughs> it's par of the course. What else are you looking at this week, Kay? Well, I think. Uh, a lot of banks. Uh, I am really focused on Bank of America, specifically because that is a very good trade opportunity. Um, I like the Netflix. If you, mm -hmm. you know, Netflix is also another one. Um, you already covered Tesla, and I think Semiconductor kicks it off with TSMC. Uh, so we get to see how Nvidia's and AMD's and Intel with TMC. Uh, and then, of course, I think this week you will have to say it's all about banks, you know, from American Express all the way to Bank of America and Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, U.S. Bank, or it's all about banks this week. Yeah, I can't I can't argue with that. It's that's the big focus. And the banks are going to tell you a lot about the consumers. Right. It's it's really a look into consumer health on some level. So uh, banks are doing well. This speaks well for the economy and we'll see what happens. Interesting stuff. I'm looking at the spy charts as we do getting into the charts. That is what we're here for. Uh, I don't know about you guys. This is my favorite part, of course. And uh, <laughs> so uh, the four hour candles is what I've been falling in love with on all of my charts recently. Um, really because of the short term trading um, that I like to do across just a week or two. Uh, as far as the time frames, I find the four hour to be very helpful. And, and what I'm showing here is you know, this uptrend, Sean, we've been talking about this for a while and the uptrend continues. Um, we we got a little bit of a curl on uh, Friday that maybe we see some pullback um, following that. But really, um, 444 looks like it was tested a couple of times on this hourly chart and could be a nice little resistance level. So kind of hold up and prevent things from pulling back too far. And if we get solid earnings, I mean, why not hold the uptrend? Not too far away from that uptrend line either um, that we've got, I've got drawn in there on that green line. So even if we get a pullback that far, you're talking maybe around 440. I'm pretty modest given where it's at here at you know 450. I mean, I, it got within pennies of that 451.76 price level, so I felt pretty good about that. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I mean the levels you've got there are pretty good. I like the um, the 444. I think that's a solid decision. Um, and, you know, you can't go against the trend, really, can you? The trend is your friend generally throughout trading. Um, so especially in the, in the short term, I would just be looking to the continuation of the trend. Um, yep, uptrend, of course. 
But here we are, 450. I can't believe we're, we got there. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. What's that down the bottom there? 385? Not so long ago? Not too I mean, long ago. Absolutely incredible, considering the last two years that we've had. So. Yeah, it's been yeah. a nice run. And um, 462 is the next level up. I've got targeting if we get, you know, we break through that 45176 that we almost got to last week. So. And um, if I ask you a question, just generally within, obviously, it's kind of extreme greed, that kind of thing at the moment. Do you think mm -hmm. the FOMO has started to buy or do you think it hasn't started? Because normally with FOMO, you get a bit more of a, a push up. It might be a bit more of a general question, but it'd be nice to get your opinion on it. Yeah, you know, um, the cues, it's, it's crazy you're asking me that question because mm. we did not talk about this. The cues, when we get to that chart, I feel like maybe the FOMO shows up there. And and what I mean by that, and maybe, the, maybe we are seeing it here. So we have this trend line and then you see this like kind of, acceleration in a break from it where it, it increases right and you're kind of seeing that since you know the end of may where we're not coming back to test the trend line and it's kind of taken off a bit um that might be a little bit of that fomo that you're talking about people coming in and, and accelerating uh, to the upside but that's what i look for is like a clear trend line that forms off of the original trend line that's at a steeper yeah. angle that's that's the and we're already been you know on a big run like this uh we saw that at the end of 2020 i think that's right 2020 and uh <laughs> it was impressive right exactly right yeah no i agree and um uh, your your may kind of aligns with when the ai hype kicked off right that's when the nvidia if you really think about it right the market was up it was going up but with the nvidia run I think most of the worry and interest rate hikes and everything was kind of put to rest. And we suddenly started having a lot more movement because we didn't see a similar trend with Google, but Google also broke out at that time of time. Intel broke out at that point of time. So all the tech stocks started running higher at that time, especially with NVIDIA's run. So I think, yeah, you probably would see that in Q3 as when we look at it. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how much further we can get this rally to run. Sean, I think we have your, do you have daily candles as well for SPY? I did, yeah. And I've just got, I've got a bit mad with the drawings this week, as you can see. I've got uh, lots of highlighted lines. Um, but yeah, generally, the, the, my main message for this chart, I mean, you covered most of it in terms of trend and, and levels. You've got, I've got 44350, you've got 444, so pretty much um, exactly the same. Um, I do have a kind of, ultimate high which we had we hit back in kind of august last year august last year 2022 as you can see on the far left of the screen um and then we kind of bounced off of it recently off of that 432 which is the big orange line right in the middle or just above the middle um so that would be an interesting support line if we were to break the 20 moving average but really at the moment it seems to be respecting it um but uh, like, like i pointed out with the kind of blue kind of highlighted bits there you, you kind of it's curling up nicely. Um, it is, and if we can get that above 432, again, that gives us a bit more confidence with our trades moving forward, uh, or just kind of sentiment for the market, I suppose. Not really, I don't really trade in the spy. Um, but yeah, my ultimate message really is that 200. You can see it start curling up, and that's really yeah. nice to see. Yeah, yeah, and you really do see it respecting the 20 day here in the near term. That is, mm. I mean, with a lot of respect, like you said, I'm just bouncing right off it, didn't even try to cut through it here recently. Exactly right, yeah. So it's, it's, it looks it looks very nice. Um, I think we're getting a few whispers around kind of Twitter that I've been seeing how long is this going to last and that kind of thing. So that kind of extreme greed side of things is, is coming into play, in my, in my opinion. 
Are we still hanging out in extreme greed territory? Yeah, it's we, 18. We Actually, it went up. It was we have to, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it was 78 last last week when we reported, and it's 80 right now. It's extreme, and, extreme greed. Yeah, Very and nice. the put to call, uh, put to call was 7.75 last week. It's 0.66, so you're more bullish. So there we go. We did get a good uh, CPI read as well, so that would help. Yeah. It seems like market's pricing in just the, the single rate hike and and then we're off to the races and uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. But the numbers are bearing out, right? And if we get through earnings here and the banks really show a strong consumer, um, you know, a stronger economy than anticipated, then yeah, we could be in for it. Mm. It'd be fun. Exciting stuff. So kind of tied into that, right? So we were talking about the cues and the trend line. I actually drew it here where you can see it kind of extending off of the original trend line that it formed. And I'm also noticing the similar pattern that it formed. So we had, you know, back earlier this year around the March time frame, had a nice run up that then took a while, cooled off and got back to the 50 day moving average roughly. And then moved back up to the top of the range ultimately moved sideways for a bit and then broke out. And here we see like kind of a, I mean, at least I do a little bit of a microcosm or a smaller look at the same kind of pattern um, where we pushed up, we've cooled off a little bit. Now we move back up to the top of the range and kind of toyed around and now we've broken back out. So I'm not sure if we'll see the same thing. History doesn't always repeat itself, obviously, but uh, it seems like a good setup and a good signal. So, if we do get a pullback and 371 is the level I've got holding, uh, 371.77, if that holds up okay, um, and this is the daily candles, by the way, I jump back and forth, so I should call that out. Um, but yeah, if it holds there at that 371, 372 level, uh, why not a continuation higher and, and repeat of that pattern we had earlier this year? Yeah, I like this. Um, I, I can see that you've got trend lines there, but you've got like two there. Is that, yeah. is that on purpose? Yeah, so this is the original trend line, the longer guy, and on yeah. the bottom half of it. And then it just looks like the the candles have taken off. That you just that, that FOMO that you're talking about, mm. it's like yeah. not even pulling back to that original trend line. So it looks like we're almost forming a steeper, uh, you know, uh, run up here. And I'm wondering if that will hold. No, I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's a good level to to keep on top of. I think yeah, you have the. 383 we had a bit of a rejection of that on Friday, so we we'll see if that can continue. Um, but yeah, I think generally the market, you know, sentiment is high, so we could we could just go straight through that, especially with good earnings. Yeah, and then 390s next. At least that's what I've got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, here, so I've got the um, the weekly oh, up here on, on on, and it looks just magnificent, doesn't it? Um, just in the last. Well, really, since the beginning of the year, more so beginning of March, absolutely insane. So 285 all the way up to kind of 382. That's almost 100 points on the QQQ. Um, just, yeah, incredible. And so what I really want to kind of uh, bring the message here is that kind of yellow box we've got here. And that's my kind of next support zone. So 350, 357. Um, and then we've got the 20 moving average as well, moving up nicely. And, and even if it was to, I, I put a bit of a dramatic touch on this chart, and that's the, the kind of line that goes down there. It's an info bar on TradingView. And um, if it was to go right down tomorrow or next week or so, um, it's, it's only 12% down to the 20 moving average, which I thought was quite, I thought it might be a bit more than that. I don't know if that surprises you as well. Um, that is surprising. 
It's only twelve percent. That was it's a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that like it doesn't seem like it would be outrageous, but um, you know what's jumping out to me is that weekly candle we had, and this is something that I look for often for a sign of a breakout. Right? Is you had the last four weeks uh, really stalling out at the three sixty nine fifty level you got there, just unable to get above it. And then last week it wasn't like, oh yeah, we got above it. It's like we blew right yeah. through it, right? All the way up to the next level before pulling back a bit. I mean, that's a that's a nice sign of a you know potential to move higher again. The markets like to show you things like this and then do the opposite on occasion, but you know, this is what I'm seeing. Yeah, and just uh, kind of on on this, uh Kay, I don't know, can't quite hear you if you were talking there. Oh no, you're good. Oh yeah, K. We've lost K. We've lost K. Um, but yeah, what I was going to touch on while he sort of says his mic is um, the last five volume bars. The last three green ones have been quite high, but the last two red ones have been quite low. So I don't know if that tells you anything about the kind of selling side of things. Maybe it's not quite right. As as the buying. It looks like it's just some profit taking versus um, some real resistance showing up, right? Hmm. So yeah, that's interesting, and, and it makes sense after this huge run up. Why wouldn't you have a little bit of a uh, profit taking, especially the folks that had bought in on the prior rally, you know, near the highs and, and had it sell off. Now they're back to breaking even. You're going to get some folks that just want to get out, uh, maybe a little bit more nervous after a huge run like this. So, um, yeah, I think that's totally healthy. And in, in the lower volume bars, that, that's a good catch, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, that's interesting stuff, Sean. We'll see if the rally continues. It looks like it's going to, uh, from my perspective, so at least in the near term. Yeah, I think uh, in the near term it will continue. But if there are people who are kind of expecting a correction, um, generally they're kind of 10, 15%. And um, that's why I put that in there because perhaps if we do get a correction, then maybe that's something we look out for that 334 level if it was to happen now. But obviously, moving forward, that zone that I've drawn 350 to 357 would be where that kind of correction would, would be for me. Uh, um, actually, let's talk about that for a second a little bit. So just think about it. Every week we talk about the markets moving. And last week was a hugely positive week and NASDAQ was up 3%, 3.32%, right? And that's a really strong week. Mm -hmm. um, so conversely, you know, pullbacks and, and this is being the weekly chart that we're looking at here. Um, yeah, it's it's going to take a couple of weeks if we do get a correction to get that 11, 12%, right? It's not going to happen overnight. That could be three, four weeks of uh, a little bit of cooling off. And to your point, that would would not be breaking the uptrend necessarily, right? So just something exactly. to keep in mind that even if you do see a bit of a reversal here over the course of a couple of weeks, pay attention to these levels because it doesn't mean the, the rally's over. It could just be a bit of a pause there. And we've got K back. How are you doing? Yeah, ho hopefully you guys can hear me now. Oh, yeah, loud and clear. Loud and clear. Okay. Fantastic, yeah. Beautiful. Um, so let me ask you this then. I So we're talking about a pullback. Uh, I missed the half of the conversation. But let's say if your Tesla earnings, Netflix earnings, and all your tech earnings that they beat their earnings, that builds more momentum. Do you think there is an opportunity to actually break the 400, right? Oh, oh yeah, you missed that part for sure. We were talking about the fact that this these weekly candles last week, it wasn't a, oh, look, we got above the resistance level. It was a, a, a full-on blast through with confidence and a lot of volume. And Sean noted that, the red candles there, the pullbacks were on lower volume, right? So it looked like some profit taking, but not a, not a ton of conviction with selling off and 
trying to reverse things here. So, yeah, it looks bullish overall. Is that what you're saying, Kay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think if if JP Morgan's earnings was a precursor to other banks' earnings, I'm yeah. talking about big banks, not small banks. And if Tesla, I'm assuming, and it's a big assumption here, beats its earnings and Netflix does the same, that sets the tech up. Uh, unless Apple and Microsoft, they falter, chances are pretty slim, but you never know. Uh, that could easily take the QQQ into the next highs. Yeah, yep. It's going to be interesting. It looks very bullish to me, though, for sure. Charts across the board. Well, Sean, we were just talking about Tesla. Hand it over to you for your charts and starting off with Tesla. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much. So today yeah. I've got uh, Tesla, Neo. Enphase and PayPal. So a couple of new ones here for us. Nice. Um, so we'll, we'll get to those obviously later on. But Tesla, I'll come back to the weekly one. And I kind of wanted to take a step back and see where it might be heading for kind of the long-term future um, for Tesla stock. Because we look at the daily, we look at the two-hour chart, what I do at least, and the two-hour chart, and we kind of see what happens within the next couple of weeks. But obviously we've got earnings on Wednesday. And um, yeah, we, it looks like it could be going quite well. Tesla, we've seen a massive kind of run, obviously, recently in the last, what, two months or so, considering this is a weekly. And the thing I'm looking at here is obviously that 265 level, which we bounced off very nicely this week. Um, I couldn't tell you what day of the week it was, but maybe it was Friday. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, we've got a nice little bottom in the tail, which means the buyers have come in for Tesla. Maybe they're anticipating, you know, positive earnings for Tesla. Um, but, yeah, that 265 level is one I'm watching. And then we've got that 20 moving average moving up nicely through the through the 50 and obviously if we can hold this 265 that'll come through really easily um and then maybe come through that 216 level 216 level i need to get some more glasses i think um yeah 216 <laughs> level and um, so then that kind of gives it an extra bit of confluence which seems to be my favorite word at the moment which you introduced me to you know uh, it's a great word and it's it hard is. to get away from <laughs> <laughs> um, and the reason i've got 216 there is if you look kind of almost just to the right of the middle of the chart um, we're looking at kind of May of last year. Um, we can see lots of kind of movement around that area, especially as acting as support. And these are the weekly candles. So on a daily, on the two hour, they'd be touching those zones even more, right. um, in my opinion, anyway. But on, you know, looking forward for the stock, I did mention that. So I think we can break 300. So that's, that's psychological level fairly easily, um, especially with um, good, even medium earnings would be, would be okay with that. But good earnings would push straight through 300, I think, because you know how Tesla moves. It moves aggressively. It moves with confidence. Um, and that's what kind of what Tesla does. But really, the ultimate resistance for me is 311. Um, I don't know if you can see that on the chart as well. Uh, kind of September-ish last year, we tested that 311 mark. I probably should have highlighted that, actually, looking back at it. But yeah, that 311. <laughs> and if we go through there, then, wow, um, we could see 360, 350, in my opinion. Yeah, why not? I mean, it got all the way to 400, in the, you know, not too distant past there. And uh yeah, earnings. I mean, it's going to be very interesting. If it, that I, I don't trade Tesla around earnings, but if you do and you get it right, uh, look out. You could do. You can. You can make some good money. I, I do want to see that two sixty five level hold. But imagine they announce some bad news and things don't go great, um, and it pulls back to two sixteen. You've got is that support line there? It's yeah. still holding the uptrend. It would just kind of make this a choppy, uh, you know, volatile move up, but we'd still be holding higher highs and higher lows and still be getting after it. It might be a good buy opportunity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So, okay. No, I'm saying that also, if, if that happens, that might change the trend also. It's not just that, you know, um, 
because one bad earning from one of the big ones can mm-hmm. change the outlook of the industry. That is a fair or, point. Or, or the market. And especially a company like a Tesla, Apple, Microsoft, you know, they move the market. That's a good yeah. point. Very that good is point. a good point. They've been moving the market all year, right? The, those big names. But yeah, yeah, it's a, another fun earnings week with Tesla, I guess, Sean. Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> nice. So next up, we have Neo, and this is the daily chart. So we've gone back down to the daily chart from the weekly. And we've got, uh, it was a mixed week, um, we've just a little bit down, I would say. So what's that for? Well, actually, they were technically up, I would say. Um, so yeah. we pushed for that 200 million average. We spoke about that last week, and that's a really, really nice move. Um, I think it's all about holding that 200 million average level now. Um, yeah, definitely holding that, that level. And that 20 million average, if we can get that through the 200, that'd be ideal. Um, but it's not the end of the world that doesn't happen, because essentially we want to hold this trend line that I've got drawing up there. Um, with, with some levels that we've got. But I, I said in the middle of the week on, on Twitter that I think it might um, bounce off the 1180. And this is just proof that, you know, not everyone's right. I'm never always right, of course. I just wanted to put that in there. Not not everyone's right. Everyone always kind of posts their good things about their kind of trading journey. Yeah. Um, but that, that one is a, is a mistake for me. I mean, it may go up there and touch it in the future. Um, but my near-term prediction was wrong. And obviously, that's, uh, that's when you don't take advice from people online. Um, yeah, so we, we move on with the chart analysis. Um, but what we can see is the 50 million average, which is the blue line, curling up really, really nicely, uh, good acceleration. And if we can get that in line with that trend line, or even just about, you know, above the 950 level, 10 level, that'd be great um, for, for, for NEO going forward. Um, but yeah, no, I, I see a, a good trend continuation. It definitely changed, let's put it that way. What a difference a couple of months make, right? Mm, I mean, just a few months ago, we were like, uh, <laughs> hold on, Neo. <laughs> and yeah. now it's just like, I mean, what a beautiful chart and holding the holding higher highs and higher lows. Again, we're talking about higher highs and higher lows. That's my favorite pattern ever, right? And it just means we're going bottom left, upper right. So, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Sean, I, like I, have a, I have a question for you on the Neo here. So have yep. you seen the latest um, uh, report that came out um i forget the name of the ceo of neo uh, he did write uh, a, an article or somewhere he um, published it that um, he was a little bit of more critical of uh, elon musk specifically not critical of elon musk but critical of the the ccp or the chinese government that um, when elon musk comes to china they roll a red carpet for him but they are not doing the same, uh, giving more attention, around. giving more support to the local companies like Neo and BYD and you know Xpeng and all that. I'm not sure if you read that recently. I haven't. I've seen a couple of headlines on Twitter, but I've been working this weekend, so I haven't actually got around to reading the articles. Um, but I'll definitely give it a read and give my thoughts maybe on Twitter. So if you if you're interested in my thoughts on that, I'll, I'll definitely respond on that on Twitter. Um, just for the, the viewers, obviously watching. Yeah, but yeah, I that's, think that's interesting I mean, stuff. I didn't catch that. Okay, he's almost the industry leader, though, right? Yeah, right. So Absolutely, the industry leader. If you if you're looking at that, then perhaps that's why. Um, and obviously, William Lee, he's not proved himself in such a way that obviously Elon Musk has within the EV space. So that might be a reason why. Just an off the cuff kind of thought, and um, it could be different. I'll give my thoughts on the article, obviously. But yeah, that's just an immediate thought. Yeah. No, I think all. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm saying uh, it's. I think the the big difference between Elon Musk and any other company, for example, right? Elon Musk has set up his factories in Germany, in China, right? So he's not just 
building cars in the United States. He's taking his factories, building in different parts of the world. When you look at other companies or other EV car companies, where I've actually they have built the factories. Most of the Chinese uh, uh, car companies have factories in China. They haven't built. I don't know if Neo has a factory in Europe somewhere. I don't think so. They still export the cars from China to Europe. They're building. They either have or building one in Hungary at the moment. Got it. Oh, nice expansion. So they're they're planning to go there and obviously in Germany in the future, but they have sales and battery swapping and all that kind of stuff within Europe already. So it's different in a way to obviously Li Auto and and other Chinese companies. But yeah, I, I see a good future for Neo personally. My question for you though, Nate, is if are you yeah. still doing cover calls on this? Because you said you were way back. I don't know if you still are or not. I'm not because it's been on this nice move higher. So it's mm. funny you mentioned that. Um, it's almost like we planned this stuff out, Sean, and yet <laughs> we did not. <laughs> um, in my newsletter this week, this seriously sounds like you're setting me up. But uh, <laughs> for a nice, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Literally, though, in a, in a trader's education newsletter this week, I talked about when you, you know, I, I use growth stocks like NEO for the covered call strategy, but there's a time and place. And once the stock breaks out, and I'll point to that with Mara a little bit later. Um, no, you you let the shares run and you stop selling those covered calls. So, um, and if you're doing it right, I mean, you may lose your shares. There's no guarantee you won't, but there's a good chance that you actually still have those shares and not not lose them with the covered call strategy. So, um, yeah, Neo's been moving higher, and um, so I've been just kind of enjoying the run up. But if it does kind of consolidate at some point, then that would be where I'd be looking at that. Nice. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for consolidation. So, yeah, that'd be great. Nice. Yeah. We'll keep this trend <laughs> going, though. It's good stuff. And the king of EV reporting this week. You mentioned it. Industry leader. I thought that was an interesting comment. Um, real quick before you move forward here is with Tesla, they really are the industry leader for EVs, right? And before, when you talked about industry leaders in automobiles, you were talking about just cars. But now you're talking about EV versus you know um the ice the ice thank you and uh so yeah it's it's totally interesting and they are going to you know everybody in the industry is paying attention wednesday so anyways moving back to you sean absolutely yeah sure this is a new one for me end phase um i'm not too clued up on the company but this is more of a technical trade for me um as you can see i've got a big target level here of 229 um, this is my kind of ultimate goal, really, and I am actively going to trade this if I can get a decent entry. Um, and we'll talk about that a little, a little bit more. Um, there's a bit more detail on the Twitter as well, on the daily, because I, I like to get a good entry. But here we have a nice little trend coming from the beginning of basically just after so what, on April 2021. So just over two years, we've got a nice weekly trend where we've made higher lows, a high high, sorry, um, just off of the weekly chart. So you can see this kind of level has been brought up quite quite nicely, except where we are now. We're kind of struggling around this area now. Um, and I think with the, with the earnings coming up, if they get a decent one, of course, that'd be a nice catalyst for the stock. But if we can really push through this to uh, 20 moving average on the weekly, I think that 50 will kind of curl down with that kind of 229 level. And um, that'd be a very nice swing trade opportunity for me personally, if we can push through the 20 moving average. Um, so we're looking at probably an entry of maybe 190, uh, 195. 
because you can see the previous highs around that level. I probably should have gone to the daily as well on this chart, maybe next week. Um, but you can see that kind of level we've set in the last four or five weeks. And um, if we could break that kind of previous high, then that'd be fantastic. If we can push through that, maybe even a breakout trade to come down, retest and push up. And I'll be looking for the ultimate target of 229. Market dependent, I may take profits on the way, but I'm, I'm, with these kind of trades, I'm a bit more kind of... Um, I don't know, goal-orientated, I suppose, where I'm just going to go straight for the goal. And if you oh, don't like get it. it, then that's great. And if not, then, then no. Um, obviously, I'll move my stop loss up throughout. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a lunatic, but the, um, <laughs> this, this, is my, this is my trade. This is my thesis. I don't know if you see this similar sort of thing, you two. I'd love to get your perspectives on this. Um, perhaps I've got yeah. my British hat on again. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear what you say. Oh man, so <laughs> making me laugh. I love it. Um, this is a really interesting chart. I uh, see honestly this channel, this down downwards channel that the top of it started, you know, in September. It looks like of last year, maybe August, um, and we had this peak that broke out. So you got to kind of ignore that, right? So if you ignore what happened in the in the end of the year. Um, before 2023, and you just look at the previous high and then how all these high, these lower highs have been forming, we're kind of right there. You can draw that upper trend line there. Mm. Does that make sense? And it's coming right in where that 20-week moving average is. So I think if we see a breakthrough on this weekly chart of that 20 moving average, you're going to be breaking also a bit of a, a downwards trend line and uh, get a couple of good reasons to get excited for that move up to – was it three two twenty nine? Is that what you're saying? Two twenty nine, yeah. It's yeah. the one I've got. Yeah. Yep. That'll be an interesting spot once it gets there too. But yeah, um, very very interesting chart. I know nothing of Enphase Energy either, but um curious. I got I got appointed to another energy company this week that I'll have to talk to you guys about. Maybe it'll make the charts next week. Wonder if they're in the same category. It's interesting. Is it is it an oil company, Enphase? No, it's the micro inverters. It's it's the future of like kind of tech and stuff like that but they do micro inverters yeah interesting yeah i like the chart yeah. on a technical basis you got a lot of, of good stuff going here with the upwards trend and the moving average coming in and then you've got points that you're looking to break on the upside to give you that positive momentum so it's a possibility for swing trade and maybe next week i'll do a, a daily chart or even maybe just follow up during the week on twitter with a daily chart just to get a bit more detail on this possible trade I like it. Uh, do you know, Sean? Do you do you know why we had this big red candle, big drop here? Was it uh, was it the earnings? That was earnings, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've, that's just that's what he says. So yeah, I think it was guidance because it looked like they beat on that kind of revenue and stuff. But I think guidance obviously was quite poor. So it's been getting everybody. You can yeah yeah beat, people learning guidance for a reason. Yeah, you can beat those nice cushy numbers that you posted last time, but you can't can't guide poorly these days. Oh, why not? Just had a, <laughs> before we get into that, we had a comment from uh, Two Hawk Meteor. Oh, yeah. Um, what's, he said, what's interesting about Tesla is that they're not only producing cars, but now the, the other car brands are asking to join Tesla Charger Network, yes. which, Kay, I remember you saying a couple of weeks ago, obviously, with Rivian. And uh, who else was it? Ford? So, Ford? So, so, G, so Ford did it first, and then mm -hmm. GM did it as well. Mm -hmm. or, or GM did it first, and Ford did it second. So it, it's mm -hmm. like everybody's jumping on the bandwagon where they just want to use the network. And I'm not happy sense. about this, by the way. You're not, you're not happy because you're a Tesla <laughs> owner, right? <laughs> and actually, I'm just joking because that has been the vision from day one from Elon. So I do appreciate 
that it's furthering the EV, you know, revolution. But yeah, yeah, and, man, and the lines are going to be terrible. You know, <laughs> and I think that that is a real challenge, right? I mean, we all understand Tesla, and we all, you know, we are all hyper about how it's going to take us to the next revolution of EV. But in real world, real scenario, not California. I'm talking. I live in East Coast, and there are a lot of Teslas here, but the charging stations are not at the same level how you know the adoption is happening. And until you really build up that infrastructure, you will not be able to get that the big chunk of people getting into Tesla. Like, yeah, I mean, every community you go in, you will find a lot of people are having Teslas or maybe even getting into the Hyundais and um, you know the Ford Marky. But the network, the charging is a big trouble, right? It's like you, you know, know what I think. Yeah, not to interrupt there, okay, but. You know, I think that it really is speaking to is, and I'm speaking from a direct experience here. I won't go fully electric with all of my vehicles, right? Two vehicles, but exactly. I won't do it because I don't want to be caught where I can't take a road trip where there's not chargers. There's chargers almost everywhere I want to go. I have very few, you know, spots I've been limited, but there are spots in like going to Northern Arizona, for example. And um, so, yeah, there's a, there's that limitation that once that's broken through, though, then you'll yeah. see the floodgates, I think. Exactly. And one other caveat. So I am, even though I don't own an electric vehicle personally, I am still in part of many groups of electric vehicles like Rivian, Lucid, Tesla, and all that. One of the common questions people are asking, charging one-on-one, -on -one, should I keep my car at 100%, 70%, 60%? These are the kind of topics people actually talk about after the purchase happens. So then, mm -hmm. you know, so it just goes to show that it's still not there yet. It's gaining popularity. And as a stock, I think keeping looking at the stock price is very different from the real use case of the world. You know, ExxonMobil, Chevron, and Shell, they keep generating profit. So EV revolution is happening, but energy is not going anywhere anytime soon, at least. Yeah, there's room and for we, both. Yeah, and we can take advantage as traders or investors. You know, you got to make money on both sides. You know, I'm not for global warming and all that good stuff. I'll make money wherever possible. Yeah, full circle back to Two Hawk here before we get keep things rolling. And I, I agree that it's showing that they are absolutely leading and, and setting standards. And they're also doing it with margins, right? I mean, they've got wider margins than anybody in the industry, and they're able to, to compress them and still have wider margins. So um yeah the, the two big names sean covers them uh, you know tesla and neo those are the ones to watch in my opinion awesome yeah thank you guys great chat so yeah we'll move on to paypal shall we this is um this is also a, a weekly chart so a bit more of a, a longer term look and we can see a nice little break of trend line uh possibly of course um so one candle is not a confirmation of break um, in my experience, you need two candles. Uh, so this week, if we can hold this, especially the 20 moving average as well. So if we can hold this, I mean, even a flat week would be a break, in my opinion. I don't know if you feel the same way. Obviously, we get your guys' opinion in a second. Um, but yeah, if we can hold this this trend line break, that would be great. Um, I do have a few facts. I'm Jesse Dow, he's been quite big on Twitter recently. He's growing quite nice. You guys might know him. He's quite big on the trading industry. Um, he wrote down some notes on PayPal, and I probably should have screenshotted the, uh, the the tweet on here. But it's basically it's down 77% um, from its highest two plus years ago, which is absolutely massive for, for a company like this. And considering their network throughout the global, um, well, globally, basically, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's quite it's massive. Um, so we've got inst institutional ownership is 70, uh, 78%. 
which I don't know how you want to perceive that. But yeah, I mean, there's a few more points on there. I might retweet it. In fact, I'll retweet it right now so you can see. So there's a few things going for PayPal. I mean, maybe Kay might be able to speak a bit more about that um, for the future. I really appreciate that. But generally, from the technical point of view, um, I've got 88 level there um, pointed out on the weekly. And I can see, I can see if we can get a nice trend going, we can we can get there fairly easily. That's yeah. quite a move too. Yeah, mm, it is. So I actually am looking at I am looking well. at PayPal for a daily chart, right? And a couple points that I actually had written here. So uh, RBC, which is Royal Bank of Canada, has uh, retweeted their buy rating. So that also is one of the reasons for the recent push. The second bullish reason that I see is happening. It's this is the short term. Your price cross both 21 day simple moving average as well as a 20 day simple moving average so that's at least from a short term perspective that's a bullish sign mm-hmm. um like on that. my on my chart at least in the from the fib levels uh what is happening is that most of the activity is happening between the range of 69 and 73 right now at least and 73 seems like a was a good support level for I think from since 2000 from February all the way going up to early May and then we saw this big decline and I think that was because of the earnings now if that's the case seems like the stock is coming back to that $73 range and whether it breaks and goes back over there that will really depend on the earnings and I think that that is the key to watch and earnings is I think sometime in August first week I guess so that candle, that big red candle you have on the weekly here, um, actually was a big gap down before mm. continuing lower, right? And uh, we filled about half of that gap, it looks like, if not a little bit more. So, I mean, we get back to 75, right, where that consolidation had happened there for a while. Um, that would close the gap, and it just looks like perfect spot to get to for earnings and then pick a direction. So it's a very interesting spot here, and, and I'd like to see it. And finally reverse because man, I mean, look at this poor PayPal. <laughs> Almost feel bad. Is we get beaten down? Yeah, I think just following this trend line up would be a nice, um, be a nice sign. Yeah, just to hold that, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep, keep moving above seventy. And that's it for my charts. Uh, thank you very much for watching the, the charts. I hand you over to Nate now. Thanks, Sean. Always good stuff. Um, so I actually have kind of probably quick comments on my charts. Move up through them a little bit quickly this week. And um, more of the same, but I did add uh, Robinhood as a new new ad this week. So we'll get to that one last. Um, NVIDIA, I wanted to point out. So I've been saying nothing but positive things for the most part, identifying ranges, looking for breakouts, getting them, and continuing you know move higher. So looking at the four-hour candles here, I actually see something that looks a little bit like we could, uh, you know, see a rest. And I'm realizing now the rectangle I drew around it kind of hides the wick. <laughs> uh, but anyways, this there's a wick there on the very left side of that rectangle that is a huge upper wick on a four-hour candle. And, you know, that's typically a, a sign of we've got sellers coming in and creating some pressure. And we saw that earlier in the year after the huge um, earnings beat and gain and push higher. You see this, you know, huge upper wick, and then it sold off for a little bit, right? A little, you know, about a week or two. So maybe we get a bit of a pause. It comes back down to the 434.70 level before, you know, taking another go at it. So that's something that I'm looking for with NVIDIA this week, just a little bit of cooling period. And maybe those uh, moving averages on the four hour will help bring some support in as well. 
Yeah, it looks like this one's flowing quite nicely, doesn't it? The way it's kind of waving up in, in yeah. a way. It just, just looks feel like a very nice chart. Obviously, a big run up this week. And um, like you say, a nice little cooling off period would be would be good to see for NVIDIA, especially running up into the next earnings point. Let's keep the wave so, rolling, right? Yeah, Ooh, but exactly. two, two, two pieces of news that you guys want to keep in mind, right? Oh, yeah. One is the, uh, I think next week you have the Intel CEO and I think NVIDIA CEO, they are going to the Washington. Uh, most recently, they are still trying to get as much, uh, uh, how do I put this way? Uh, the most recent ban, as the, as the government starts to increase the ban for more chips to selling to China, they mm-hmm. want to get that eased out. That's one. And I think keeping an eye on TSMC, that is another going to be an important factor for NVIDIA. Um, so how they report earnings. Uh, last week, I did mention in the, when we were talking in a, a semiconductor that the year over year, the semiconductor production or the, the, the demand fell 21%. So, so so those are the, some of the things that you know may impact NVIDIA. If the, if the ban goes through or if they, they don't get any ease, you may see a pullback. So keep those things in mind as you plan to invest or trade in uh, semiconductors. Yeah, watching the news there. Yeah, they, they are very news sensitive. Yeah, the, these mm-hmm. guys are very news sensitive compared to you know other sectors. I was listening to the Compound podcast to plug them, I guess. I mean, I don't know these guys at all, um, but uh, <laughs> it's a great podcast. And the guest they had on this week was talking about, you know, his in his opinion, I thought this made sense. It's like... Uh, there's definitely a concern around all the semiconductors and Taiwan's role there, but China has some massive percentage of their semiconductors are imported from Taiwan. So they're massively dependent as well. So there's this whole strategic kind of, he feels like he said, I don't think nothing's going to happen, but I don't think it's imminent. He feels like it's going to take several years before something plays out there. So yeah, um, in I mean, the meanwhile, a lot of, lot of positioning and it'll be, a lot of rules and whatnot will come come forward. I think it's not that the China is going to get up today and you know invade Taiwan tomorrow. I don't think that's going to happen. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah, nobody said that. Yeah, but but I think the and it whether it, whether that event even happens or not, that's a, that's a different uh, discussion altogether. And I think you have much better people with better knowledge can you know comment on those. But I think just these regular you know, news that comes out, you know, you had a missile, you know, launching a missile across the Taiwan Strait, boom, that's a news that that will just drop the stock price down because it is so news sensitive. It's very sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. So far though, just keep riding the wave. Keep riding the wave. (laughs) And you take advantage, right? That that's when you take advantage of. That's that's exactly right. So yeah, the news will be uh, a key in the semiconductors, but the uh, space, but definitely nice run this year. So, Continuing to see that move higher. Um, we were talking about um, breaking out and, you know, whether or not I was still trading cover calls on NEO. Well, same thing here for Mara, for Marathon Digital. I've been talking about them for a while. And look at this. I mean, is this, this is another four-hour candle chart. And uh, have you guys seen anything like this before? <laughs> I mean, just so orderly like this? It looks, uh, it looks like an algorithm. <laughs> it looks generated. It looks absolutely generated. Yep. Like, okay, let's just move sideways. Perfect little range. Okay, let's break out and we'll keep the exact same kind of range. We'll just put it on a 45 degree angle perfectly and just Maybe run it is that algo. High. Maybe it, it is algo. Who knows? It looks so orderly. It's, it's kind of crazy. So I wouldn't rule anything out. Um, 
that being said, talking technically, right? Um, oh, you know, I commented earlier, so let's talk about this. How do you, um, you know, when you get in this trade, and I mentioned this in the newsletter, and you're selling covered calls, right? And and then you get in this, this big breakout, and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to lose all my shares. Well, not necessarily, and here's why. So real quick, covered calls is when you own 100 shares and you sell a call against it so that if the shares move up, um, you're going to lose those shares to whoever owns the call option. But you gain a premium. You gain cash for selling that call. And so if the shares don't move up, the call expires and you can rinse and repeat the process and collect money. And so that's what we were doing back in this consolidation period. And the way that works is when the shares, you know, you want to be buying shares at the bottom end of the range. So, you know, right around nine dollars between eight fifty and nine is what we were doing. And then when it gets to the top of the range and it had been reversing, you know, right around ten twenty five is where you go in and you sell covered calls at a higher strike price. And what happens is, you know, the shares reverse, those those become worthless and you collect the cash. Well, the reason it can still work in your favor is that, for example, when we got to June 20th over here and we had the shares, you know, had reached near the bottom of the range, actually got there at the end of the week on the 16th of Friday. So if you had sold those, um, options previously they're going to expire and you're going to collect the cash and you're doing well you really shouldn't have any covered calls um still in ownership on your shares at this point right it moved lower now you're waiting for it to get back to the top of the range well what happened when it got to the top of the range after you got to the 20th they blasted through right there was no like you know look at all the other pieces where it re, you know pulls back and, and easily rejects it was a clean break just a huge push through that resistance level that's your hands off okay we're not selling covered calls here anymore um we're going to see what happens because if it reverses you can still sell the covered calls make a little less you know it's no big deal but you don't want to cap your gains here you're seeing a potential breakout and there you go now it's been running and you know i'm sure people are taking profits along the way but um that's kind of the long and short of why i like to use growth stocks um, when I see them in a range in that cover call strategy. And now you just let it run and uh, take profits as you go. So I'm looking at hopefully we get some support here at 1775, hold the trend line and continue up and target 2032 next. So Nate, just to add to what you're saying, right? I mean, the, the option premiums are crazy, right? If you're selling a, a CSP really at the money, right? It's 5.83% in one week. Well, I almost spit out my water. One week? <laughs> yeah, you, you get $105. That's the bid for $1,800 investment. And yeah. most likely you will probably get 107 or 107 or $108, right? Because right? you're it's talking right at good. the bid. Yeah, exactly. So that's over 5.8%. It's crazy in one week. Uh, yeah, I mean, it really is something else. And, and that's what these growth stocks, that's why I like to use them. Um, for selling covered calls. And then, you know, they're typically not $300 stocks either, right? So you can uh, get in with a smaller amount of your portfolio and kind of diversify across a couple of them. Exactly. And if anybody, if any listener who is watching and if you are interested, I mean, if you don't, you don't need to sell at the money, you can go a little bit lower on the Delta and, you know, on a weekly yep. basis, that's still a pretty decent, that would be your $17. So for that, you will get what, close 2%? to 57 yeah, $57. That's not bad and, for a week. In a week, yeah. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't be able to do this, but just stretching it out hypothetically, you do that for 
50 weeks out of the year at 2%. And I mean, my math's not great. Correction, 3.3%, <laughs> correction, 3. 3%, 3%. You're still getting over 3%. So you're well out exactly. of that. Yeah. I mean, that's just another way to collect cash and, and kind of trade your account. So, yeah, if you're interested in covered calls and cash secure puts, um, you know, I, I write about it quite often. Kay talks about it often. So be sure to check out our channels. All right. So let's keep it rolling. DraftKings. I said I was going to go quick, and I think I rambled on forever there. Um, so DraftKings, I just wanted to kind of brag a little, a little humble boast here. <laughs> uh, last week we were talking about one of two things is going to happen. We're either going to get a rejection or it's going to break out. And, you know, because the Friday candle was had, had busted through uh, the previous 2640 resistance level. Um, on Monday, there was no signs of slowing down. So if you got in at any point on Monday, uh, you're taking a little bit of risk there, um, given the huge run up. But you can see it would have paid off as it continued all the way up, closed over $30 this week. So a nice, huge follow through. But it does seem a bit overdone. So I could see it cooling off and kind of closing that gap up that we saw last week. Um, but that's really all I had to say with, with DraftKings. I'm not looking to get in more, with more shares here at this point. Um, I'd be looking for it to cool off a bit, but just a really nice trade that, that worked out last week. Yeah, I like this, and I've been looking for the, the 20 week average to come up and that'll test it again, really. Um, so it could be another three, four days if it stays at this level. Uh, actually, maybe five, five or six, maybe. Right. You've got to be patient, yeah. And, and if you're holding your shares and you're, you're in a trade, then um, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not here to give any advice, of course, but I would have taken some off the table personally right. um, just because it looks extended, like you said, and um, then I would be looking at the 20 million to come up. That's, uh, that's kind of the point I wanted to make. Yeah, just in general, when I see a consolidation period, you know, if you just kind of turn it on its head, and it's already run that same length to the upside, that's a bit extended. And that's what we're kind of seeing here, right? <laughs> so it consolidated for a bit and then just said, yeah, we'll just take all of that and just run straight up vertical. So, um, yeah. Uh, uh, and when you, you, you trade breakouts often, Sean, right? That's that's your style of trading. You yeah. typically look for a retest of a moving average once you've gotten outside of resistance? Um, not normally a moving average. I mean, if it is really, really tight and it's on a small time frame, sure. But... Okay. I would normally look at the, the kind of resistance level previous. Um, so for th this one, for example, would have been 2640-ish. Yeah. Um, but in this case, obviously, it blew straight through it, so I wouldn't have taken a trade. So I'd be looking for kind of uh, a kind of a move up and then come down, retest, and, and then move on after that. Um, Love it. That's typically the ones I look for, but sometimes, obviously, breakout trades I do do with the, the moving averages as well. But the one I look for normally is the resistance point. Yeah, I love that you said, though, on the shorter-term trades, maybe that's where you're using the moving averages a bit more. Yeah, but your, pre your preference is the so, yeah. yeah. I like it. All right, DraftKings. I just realized I'm so expressive with my hands today. I need to stop like this all the time. Oh, this is good. That way it draws <laughs> attention away from my charts. <laughs> Sometimes we need this, Sean. It's okay. This is good. <laughs> We love right. your charts. Keep them coming. Well, here's here's a new one for you. So we've got Robinhood, and um, it's funny. I never thought I'd be trading Robinhood. I kind of was a, a little bit of a hater, admittedly, um, but I am someone who can change his mind. I have hated on many actors, who now I find their movies fantastic, and so you just can't deny good stuff. And this is a good-looking chart here. Um, as far as a rounding and looks like for a potential move higher, looks like we found the bottom for Robinhood potentially. No guarantees, of course. And 
you know, nice push up to get above 12 uh, last week. Just a huge move. So uh, it did get pretty, I mean, it moved pretty quickly. So it's a little extended and way away from its moving averages. Um, it looks like a really nice spot to come back to the 1124 level, which is prior resistance for quite some time and kind of retest that. Sean, giving you your entry that you would be looking for, I imagine there, and allow you to take it for more upside. So that's kind of what I'm looking for is a pullback to 1124, you know, maybe get in around between 1124, 1150 uh, with some potential for more upside if that level holds, right? Kind of wait for that level to hold first. Yeah, this is one of those stocks where the retail kind of crowd comes in, if I'm not wrong. For um, sure. Especially on the kind of Twitter. And obviously, it's a platform that retail uses uh, use quite often. And with that, you kind of get these aggressive moves, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I agree with the kind of the resistance point we are at now. I'd like a nice retest of that 11.24. Um, and with that, you probably get the 20 million average um, coming through as well. So that would be the, the confluence I'm looking for. <laughs> yes. We got to have a confluence ticker so we can just ting every time we, should, we mention we it. Name our channel. <laughs> we name our channel. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so adding to what uh, you mentioned about the, um, the retail investors, right? So if you remember 2020, 2021, Oh. That, that year was all about meme stocks, right? Mm -hmm. And if you remember the GMC fiasco where they took away the buy or sell, I forget the which button they took away, Robin Hood, and the whole Citadel controversy with Robin Hood and, you know, companies. Mm -hmm. I think that has died down, right? Yeah, and it's all in the past, it seems like. Exactly. So now you're looking at, you're not looking at Robin Hood from being an evil organization who wants to take your money and not sell your stocks and support the Citadel and all those other, you know, uh, brokerages, right. you know, I think, I think that that story is over, or at least the chapter seems to be over. And I think now, I think companies and probably investors and traders can focus on more on the, the fundamentals and technical analysis and the earnings and the future guidance. Because that also saw a big uptrend in the user base for Robinhood. That's what I was going to say. There's no denying their user base. I mean, they have tons of clientele, right? Yeah. And honestly, I think for most people who are not into too much trading or investing on a regular basis, and they just want a clean uh, UI experience, mm -hmm. you can exactly. take any... Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult to beat Robinhood's UI experience. Very, very difficult. They, uh, they do a very good job in that. Now, is that the best platform? It's up for debate. Depends on how you use it. Right. That's you can't, de you can't deny the fact that, um, and believe me, I don't use, I mean, I don't use Robinhood. I'm not a big fan. I'm somebody who's studied markets for a long time. So I expect complicated technical interfaces and that's what I'm actually comfortable with. So when I see the really nice user interfaces that have come along, uh, yeah. I get a little frustrated. I'm like, what is this? You're gamifying it, right? But then at the end of the day, it is easier to use. It does allow people who aren't like myself and, and you know involve themselves in investing, you know, tons of tons of their time every week, right? It's it's a good way to keep people involved in investing and and not feel totally intimidated, right? Um, so I do think there's a lot of positives there. They're now adding the 24 hour trading, which is another great way to stay in the headlines, <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, from you know, getting back to the chart and technically speaking, it was in a range there that I had highlighted between you know roughly 822 and 1020. It's a nice $2 range and we've gotten the breakout. So now I'm looking for it to do like we've been seeing with a lot of these other stocks and continue higher. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Awesome. I think they're coming to the UK soon as well. 
What was that? I'm sorry. Really? I think they're coming to the UK. Yeah. Oh, uh, no kidding. They're working on it. I don't know when. The uh, I might have a look at it while you're doing what have you Yeah. Doing. No, that's a good call. So let's see here. Yeah, I'm going to say that we might get a pull back to 11:24, but uh, with the 24-hour trading, get right back to 12:36, and if they announce the UK, right to 14. Here we go. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Yeah, watch the technical levels. Paid no attention to my news. All right, good stuff. All right, thanks for that tidbit, Sean. I did not know that. I'll look into that for Robinhood. And with that, yeah. that's my last chart. We'll keep it rolling here to square block, I should say. Yes. So uh, keeping in the spirit of uh, fintech, uh, you talked about uh, Robinhood and you talked about PayPal. So we'll keep the same spirit here with square. I like this chart. You know why I like this chart? That first of all, um, we got a buy rating on this company, right? Nice. Um, this is, I think this is a daily chart. Yes, this is a daily chart. And um, on the long-term trend, you see the price is above the 200-day moving average. So whenever that happens, which means that they have broken, the price is broken through a long-term trend. And that is a very bullish sign for this stock. Now, um, we do have elevated RSI at 68. But, you know, most of the stocks that generally have this big ramp up or the breakout, you generally see elevated RSIs to begin with. Um, I mentioned about the buy rating on RBC. We, that's that's a great sign. The put to call ratio is 0.68. So that shows the bullish momentum on top of it. And we have some high call options at almost five, nine, eight, six thousand contracts, open contracts at $80. Now that's going to be interesting on how we can break that because they failed to break that, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, a couple of times, and then they had this ma massive drop due to the earnings and uh, uh, over here. Um, yeah, exactly. And then I, for me, I think the, the range that I'm really looking at, I think 66 on the FIB level, 6610 is a good support. So that will hold for the long term. That's the first thing. And I think the next target for us, if we really want to break it, is above the 8085. That is the, the long term, or at least the midterm, I can say. So that could be a good trading range because I'm always looking for a range to trade in. That is something that I will target as you know as the weeks go by or as the days go by. But I will be careful in the earnings time because earnings time it generally you know, buy the buy the rumor, sell the news situation. It happens with Square and a couple other fintechs on a regular basis. So I'll keep that in mind if I'm trading. Nate, you're mute. You're muted. Dang it, I had to do it once. So it's interesting, <laughs> as I was saying on mute, that uh, <laughs> this is already moving higher when um, PayPal had not, right? Sean, your chart showing it's still, I mean, it's just barely starting to try to break out where we've, it looks like we've got the move here and mm. effectively in the same space. So yep. I'm wondering what the difference is there. Well, the, I think that the difference with Square and PayPal, I think Square also has, um, uh, it's not just the FinTech from, you know, uh, it also sells the products, right? Like hardware products to, you know, point mm -hmm. of sale products to the merchants. So that is an important part. They also have Bitcoin uh, investment. I have to kind of take a look at their recent earnings. I haven't taken a look in a, in a, in a while now, but they are much more broadened, broadened uh, compared to PayPal. PayPal is a, mm -hmm. is a stalwart, is a, is a bigger player in the space, uh, but you know, Square has a, it's, it's, it has its hands in many, many things. Also, my now pay later crypto? system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have crypto investments and they also own, um, 
I think it's Afterpay, the BNPL system. So I'm wondering if the crypto has something to do with it too. It does, does look to kind of align with a little bit, but anyways, yeah, it's an interesting chart. Sorry, Sean, I've been talking and talking. Did you have anything to add to just to block? Um, just the fact it looks like it likes the 20. If you look kind of back throughout the chart, uh, the 20 moving average, I mean, so it's the yellow line that we see on the screen now. Um, it kind of looks like, especially in the middle portion, it just really kind of follows it around and pushes it. You could maybe even call it the 18 moving average if you want to be a bit more specific. Um, so moving forward, I'd be looking at that kind of 20 moving average point for an entry um, for, 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 future, yeah, blah, 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 for future trades. Couldn't get that out of my mouth uh, <laughs> for future trades. So I'd be looking at that 20 at the moment. I, I feel like I missed a boat on this one. I, I said to you the other day, Kay, that I was looking at this chart um, from a few days before that someone posted and I didn't realize. So then I checked the square chart and I thought, oh, it's moved. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so that's already moved and it's a bit of one that does that. But yeah, um, I'll be looking at this one here. Yeah, and then I actually did get into the square chart almost two weeks ago and um, you know, it was 100% uh, gain on that one, on the CSP. So. Nice, yep. Yep, you gotta take advantage. That's yeah. a nice move there to see what happens with block. What else you got? Well, so this is a new name. I don't know if every, most of you know, but this is Cloudflare, ticker symbol NET. I think this is could be setting up to be a good trade uh, potential. Why? Because the price moved over the 50-day moving average. So that's from a short term, it's bullish. You also, I, I think what is happening is that they are predicting almost 30 to 50% revenue growth for the next three years. So suddenly the, the momentum and the sentiment around the stock is improving. You saw these big candles, you know, if we, this is, I think, a weekly, yeah, this is a weekly candle. If we zoom out a little bit, you will notice that based on the earnings, they had a very poor guidance and the stock literally dropped like a ball. And now with the, as the revenue growth starts to increase for Cloudflare, um, we are seeing that there's a potential and, and, you know, in this particular trade. So how I look at this trade, I would say I'm going to see how it trades between this range of 62, 24 to 68. And if, if it can, you know, barcode until the next earnings, that could be an easy, you know, weekly trade that I can get in and get out. That's how I'm targeting this one on the call. Put to call ratio is 0.95. So I would say little bullish, but kind of neutral. I, I take anything between, you know, one to 0.9 as pretty neutral. It's it could go either way. And even when you look at the the option side, the open interest, you have 2,600 call options at 70, but only 242 put options at 64. So it's you know thousands of you know open interest on the call side. So that just goes to show that there is a for in you know, a bullish momentum with this stock. Something could uh, something you could take a look at it. At least uh, it's on my watch list on a weekly basis now. Yeah, this is great. I haven't looked at Net in a long, or Cloudflare in a long time. It's like 2020 is the last time I was looking at this, maybe 21. So, yeah, good to bring this back on the radar, okay? Good stuff. I like the, um, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so we've got the the last um, six, no, seven weeks. I do need glasses. The last seven <laughs> weeks we have the kind of <laughs> channel coming down. It's like a... I'm really bad with pattern names, but you can kind of see how it's kind of trending down, but kind of similar sort of size bars. And that's typically a good 
um, kind of bullish pattern. So if you can break out of that, then bang, straight up. Um, well, not straight up, you know, it moves up nicely. Uh, so, yeah, I've been looking for that, definitely. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to add this to my watch list and, and do that kind of technical analysis myself. Right, so I mean, that's, a long, that's a long-term yeah. uh, bit of consolidation. That This is a weekly chart, right? So This is the mm. weekly chart, exactly. Yeah. So that's why I wanted yeah. to zoom out because if you if your stock price on the on the weekly has broken through those moving averages then that sets the the uh, the range right the momentum of the stock so mm-hmm. on a daily sometimes yes it's you know you will see much more variation and if you go hourly or you know 30 minutes then that changes altogether but on a longer term time scale if that happens you can kind of you know identify the trend much much easily and i think uh, for folks who follow us for a while, when we brought GitLab as a trade idea and it actually Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, this could be setting up. And I think the reason is the momentum is shifting for the company because of the revenue growth they project in the next five years. So anybody who does fundamental analysis, you notice that you will look at the revenue growth, right? Where do you see the stock three years, five years from now? Based on that, you're buying the stock. Is it the is it the valuable or not? Like the PE ratio and all that good stuff. So, this could be something in your long term portfolio if you are into tech. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's a good trading opportunity. So I'll tell you the price point that I'm looking at here is whatever that um, that long upper wick is that came in. What is that? The upper wick. Yeah, middle of your chart here before we came back and started barcoding in the, in the last seven weeks. Whatever that high price point is, if you can get above that, that it looks like it's right around 74. 7228, right? That's the one. Okay, that's the one. Yep. 7228. So that if you break above that, you're gonna have that pattern that I like so much of higher highs and higher lows. So you would get your higher high there and maybe more more of a reason to get bullish. Yeah. So uh, yep, I like it. Cool. All right, this is our regular Intel. Um, the reason is because this is a weekly chart this time on Intel. And I, what I wanted to show you with Intel, there is a pattern. Um, you know, it closed lower last week and it's now below the 3390. And 3390s in the last three weeks, it has been closing below 3390. And it feels like now Intel is cooling off. Intel had this big run up uh, in the last few weeks since the AI boom. Everything was going up for Intel. And the $30 and $37 Intel was like crushing it going on a week. But I think $33.90 has become a resistance level for Intel. And we'll see how the earnings play out. And I think that this is from now until earnings, you can play between $30 and $33.90. And that is where basically I'm eyeing for. Uh, potential range I mentioned $30 to $34. Basically, that $30.02 to $33.90 is my range for playing. Put to call ratio continues to be very bullish, 0.57, uh, but that has remained consistent since the first week of June. So not not much has changed. On at thirty four dollars, you have over forty three thousand contracts open interest, and at thirty two, you have twenty four thousand. So if you compare with any other stock I just mentioned, they are in two thousand, one thousand, five thousand, six thousand. This is so uh, liquid of a stock. This is like your Teslas and Apple. Intel gets traded on a weekly basis in the trading, in the options world a lot. So with 45, 50,000 open interest, it's, it's just a normal day in Intel. It's crazy to me that nobody, I mean, I should say nobody, people don't talk about in, uh, Intel nearly as it's much. It's boring, that's why. Yeah, but given the amount of 
open the interest and the options. I mean, a lot of opportunity there. I get what you're saying, but that's a lot of open interest. So. It is. And and you're absolutely right. You know, if you search YouTube channel, right? If you go to YouTube and you type and tell right. stock analysis, you would not see that many updates on a regular basis on Intel stock. You would see for NVIDIA, AMD, you may see like every a lot day. more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not a very popular uh, retail stock. It's, it's pretty boring. It might be sneaky good here is what I'm hearing. Because, I mean, you've got an uptrend form in here and it's under the radar with lots of options um, to trade. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and as I mentioned, when you were talking NVIDIA, watch out next week, they're going, the CEO is going to get, you know, to right. talk to the Congress uh, in Washington to get the relief for China, for China ban. So we'll see how that plays out. Nice. Anything else to add to Intel? Should we keep it rolling? Keep it rolling. Uh, keep it rolling. Okay. You've covered it nicely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do we All got right. next? So let me, before I jump in, let me ask you guys, is, is my chart much better now compared to oh, that? Okay. <laughs> okay. You, I, was I, gonna, I was saving it for the end. I don't know about you, Sean. Were you, were you going to say something at the end? Wonderful. Was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Good, Two good thumbs people. up, man. Uh, I was going to give you the hardest time. You, you beat me to it. All right. Very nice <laughs> charts. Okay. Very nice. <laughs> okay. This one, Google. Another great ones, right? We have been doing Google for since we started YouTube over here, right? Or even before that, Google was on our radar on a regular basis. So I think breaking above the August 2022 high, I think that yeah. is a positive sign. You know, Nate, you generally talk about when you break through with a massive, you know, bar, I think that just kind of sets up the momentum. Right. We just want to see if it can keep this going on, especially I think Google will report earnings next week. I believe, right? Generally, Google reports earning one week after Tesla or two weeks after Tesla. So we, we'll see when Google reports. Uh, that could really set the stock up to break the April 2022 high if the earnings and the guidance comes out. And that could be a potential play to set it up from now until that time, especially if you're getting into cash secured put and uh, cash secured put, or even on a spread. Or if you're just buying stocks outright, that could also set you up. Um, I think 118 will continue to remain as a you know solid support line for um, for this stock. As you can see, it dipped below 118 and it just went back up. It fell below and then went back up. So I think 118 is a good support level for stock. We were before we had this big boom in April for the AI. This stock was around the 104, 105, 106, 107 that range. And it was able to find 103, 104 as a support, good support level. Now I think 118 is the next, you know, solid support for this stock. Barring any black swans, poor guidance, which I don't see, uh, based on all the investigation, all the reading I have done on Google, we could see this breaking out through the high of April 2022. And if that happens, that will take Google stock in a completely different direction. I like yeah. it. I do too. Yeah. Um, the, the It's a bit of a shame because the, the kind of trend line it showed with the kind of green line we've got there, which is the, uh, the the 50 moving average, it broke down. And that's normally a signal of, okay, it's kind of bearish, especially when the, the candle completes. Yep. Um, the second candle, I mean, the one after the, the red one. And then a lot of investors or traders at that point must be thinking, oh, okay, this um, this might be going negative. And then bang, straight back up. And that's just the inconsistency with trading. 
Um, just wanted to bring that up more than anything in terms of technicals. But yeah, it's, it's come straight back up, showing really good strength. So so I agree. I think we're going to be testing that kind of high from 2020. Uh, sorry, yeah, 2020. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. April 2022. Yes, April 2022. April 2022. Um, mm -hmm. We could test that again uh, for sure. Yeah, good strength yeah. in this one. Yeah, and then um, I, I think what you just mentioned last week, if if all the listeners who are listening, last week we talked about Google having a bearish sign mm. because of the pennant. And then it just broke through and like forget the pennant and that that's that's what the technical analysis is right you know patterns change but these patterns are also dictated by the news by what's going on in the in the real world and company and all those things so pattern could show something but then you have another event that pops up so for example let's say you know they go the, the nvidia and the intel ceo next week they go to congress and for some odd reason they say you know what we are going to put all the hold on uh, you know banning chips you will see such a massive rally in Nvidia, AMD, Intel, and others. You know, semiconductor. You'll be like, "What happened?" So, can't predict those. And That's even though I don't have a chart next time, I do want to quickly mention Apple. I, yeah, Apple. I'm not touching Apple. That's why I did not bother to put a chart over here. But I will. I will bring it up next week because we will have earnings coming up. So that's all from my side. So real quick, I want to go back on this chart to something Sean pointed out for technical trading that I think is a really strong point. And we're talking about probabilities here, right? So nothing in, in trading is 100%. Everything is just trying to set up probabilities to be on your side so that more often than not, you're making the right trade. And what Sean was highlighting is you have the 50-day moving average, which is a huge uh, you know indicator for almost all traders. And if the, the candles break below the 50 moving day. Well, now you're paying attention to the, the action and, and what it looks like, right? And what Sean highlighted was we had a red candle breaking below, and then it was followed by another red candle, right? The gap down and broke even lower. And that's not usually a signal of, oh, we're going to get some good support here. And even the next day, it went even lower before recovering, right? And starting to come back up. So the point is, like, you if you go all in on a signal, you're going to blow your account up at some point, right? Like you just can't put a hundred percent or 50% into a single trade because no matter how great it looks and how obvious it looks, uh, it's probabilities and you know, uh, the probability goes the other way. That's how you get that other percentage. So, um, just trade, trade wisely is what I would say and, and use that as a, a lesson there. That it's a really good thing you pointed out, Sean. I think it comes with experience as well, um, because oh, yeah. uh, you mentioned uh, putting the whole account on one indicator. I've done that a few times in my early, early days, thinking, oh, okay, yeah, technical analysis is everything, right? Um, but you soon learn, um, obviously I had a small account then, so it's okay, but um, you soon learn that that technical is not everything and you need to have risk management, et cetera, and all the rules that you, you, you put into your trading plan. Um, but yeah, just, just be careful when you're trading out there and you know, manage your risk. I think that's a good segue to close it out this week, you guys. Another great week. A lot of great charts, especially K's charts. I think K's charts really <laughs> came through nicely this week. Nicely done. Nicely done, K, with the improvements there. And, um, yeah, I guess uh, I'll just kick it off this week as far as closing things out. Um, it, it's been a really great run, and I see, you know, from looking at these charts, a lot of bullish reasons to stay positive. Um, so note that if you do see – a big sign of a reversal that looks like, you know, we might be pulling back, zoom out, take a look at the trend and see if we've really broken trend or if maybe it's just a pause or a bit of selling relief in an opportunity to buy. 
and uh, yeah, make your assessment and trade accordingly. So um, that's how I'm kind of approaching everything uh, currently because we've been on such an extended rally is just take a good look and, uh, you know, manage your risk accordingly. Let's see, who should I kick it to next? This week? I'll go to K next. He looks ready. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, <laughs> next week is an interesting week because it's a trade. It's, it's an earnings week. So it's going to be much more volatile. Now, a lot of people I would recommend if, if you don't like too much volatility, I think then just sit out the week. I personally like the volatility more because I'm an options trader. Uh, so I like the volatility and I like to trade uh, the, the earnings. But it's a binary event. It could go either way and nobody can predict it. So uh, trade safe and uh, enjoy the process like all of us do. So, yeah, Sean's Sean. got the big earnings this week with Tesla. I'm curious what that's going to do to your chart, Sean. Well, hopefully it will blast straight up. That's right. <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> no, no. Uh, for me, yeah, just a big you know, thank you for obviously watching our, our stream live, video back, post uh, uh, post recording. That'd be great as well. Um, and obviously hit subscribe. And none of you mentioned it, but yeah, hit subscribe to the channel. We're on 70 subscribers now. We're on our way to 100, well underway to 100 now. And uh, obviously hit like as well. It gives us in front of more eyes. Uh, more traders, etc. But um, we provide perspectives, and that's what we're here for. So I'm a terrible host, Sean. I'm so excited about the charts that I never do the subscribe. Leave it to like, me. <laughs> yeah. But we, as a team, we will always get that done. So yeah, do subscribe, do hit the like. We appreciate it. We're at seventy. We need to get this thing uh, over a thousand followers so we can monetize and get Sean some glasses so he can see a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. If you Please want Sean us. to keep his eyes healthy, you know. <laughs> I think we need to get some handcuffs to keep my hands up doing this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got two goals. We've got a lot of things we've got to raise money for. So hope everybody has a good week out there. Thanks for tuning in again. Sean, Kay had a great time again. So uh, catch yeah. you on the trading floor. Awesome. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Right, guys, see you.